Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Because you can be a church person and love God, but not think like heaven. That, that's, that, 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 if we talked about when people want to say religion or this or that or whatever, that, that's the big deal. Is that like, how do I begin to think like heaven? Because we would have to at least have this thought that when we're in heaven walking around, it's going to feel a lot different. The culture is going to be a lot different. Does that make sense? That, that, uh, there's, it's just going to feel different. Well, what's the difference is that is solely run and governed on the government of God. And this is governed a lot on pain and pride. And these two concepts are always at war with one another because pain, we get hurt, then we get hard, then we get prideful. Come on, we judge other people, but we give ourselves like a lot of slack. We want everyone to do above and beyond. Come on, parents, has there ever been a time when you wanted your kids to clean their room really, really good, and then you looked in your closet? Come on. So, that, so, what that, that, so what that's like is this would really help me out if you did it. But I give myself a lot of grace because I'm really busy. I have a lot to manage. I have, come on, hell, hey, this is better than y'all kind of leaning back. I'm leaning in. I'm coming for you today. My point is that we don't really... Use the same scale when we're navigating life. We judge certain people harder and certain people less. People who have had what we appear to be a good life, we expect more out of them and we judge them at a harder condition than we do someone who did not have much. But the truth of the matter is it is the same. And our job is not to just be better humans, but our goal is to think like heaven. Okay? And so the goal has never been just be a little bit better, just be a little bit nicer, cuss a little less. You know what I'm saying? Rage out a little less. The goal has always been can you get to the place where you carry the culture of heaven? And that's a hard deal. I love the story with Luke and Christy because it shows us that no matter where you are in life, that God has freedom for you. That, that, that there's another step of freedom. That there's another step that God wants to begin to do some stuff. And the truth of the matter is we all have things uh, screaming, talking, communicating in the back of our heads about who we are. About what we've done. About rejection, shame, insecurity, these things that, that, that trigger us when we watch something or see something. And if we're not careful, um, we'll wrestle a lot of our days 
with thoughts that God doesn't want us to carry. Before the foundations of the earth, God set up a plan for you to live free. To, for you to live free. Now, just like anything we, that is given to us, we got to learn how to apply it. So, so here's the, 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 the wash, here's the hard part, is that you can actually go to church and agree with something that you, not, not, not you, we're talking about the other service. Uh, uh, you can actually agree with something you don't do. Oh, God wants freedom. And, and I think we're going to talk today about how to actually live free. Yesterday we had a wedding here and it was wonderful. We had a couple, Destin and Gary, who works in our kids' ministry, and they they listen, they found each other. I'm gonna tell you that's another reason you need to do ministry. Listen, you serve the king, you get a ring. I'm just, I'm, 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 no, I, listen, I, I don't even, <laughs> I, I, never mind. Okay, oh, listen, but but I'm just saying it, it, it was a kind of exciting. That they found each other, they served, they said yes to the Lord, and now they're here. And, and listen, I was leaving uh, church, and here was the thought that I had. After the wedding, after the fun, after the dance, you know, just kind of everybody kicking it, hanging out. Is I thought, man, freedom looks good on people. Freedom looks good on people. There are some people that actually, you know what, they love God, but they can't laugh. You know, there are countless metrics in the Bible that laughter is like, like, God gives us a lot of signals to let us know the condition of our heart because we can deceive ourselves. And, and the truth of the matter is, when I look at Luke and Christy, and I see them on there, and he's laughing about, you know what, I mean, you know, he's gotten to the place where I have overcome and now I can laugh, and it's actually funny to me that I thought this was okay, but now I'm here. Come on. I'm now I'm here. You know, the, 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 the couple that um, got married, uh, they had to overcome fears. They had to overcome, but freedom looks good on people. It's just fun to be around people who are free. People who can laugh and laugh at themselves. People can't laugh at themselves. You, way too many people take themselves way too seriously. It's like, oh, don't, don't laugh at that. Don't talk about that. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Where were you yesterday? Did you sleep in? No. No, I was doing something. I was working really hard. It's like, relax. I wouldn't even say to you, I was just, we're just joking. But people can't, come on. Freedom means there is not a lot of weight that you carry. In fact, here is a verse, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. It says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. But a good word makes him glad. I'm glad you're here because we don't have a good word. <laughs> but you can actually be weighed down by the pressures of life, by what hasn't happened yet, by the things that you expected. Someone overcommitted and underdelivered. There is something that is happening, and now you don't even know it, but you can't thrive in your own life because of everybody else. On the way home, I was thinking, man, life-giving people. And, and today, I want us to make sure that freedom 
is not just something on the wall, but that we are continually moving toward freedom in our own lives. Because as long as you're here, there is something that God wants to heal. There is something that God wants to move out of your life so that he can move something into your life. Listen, God is not trying to just fix you. He's trying to heal you. You know what I'm saying? God is trying to move your in your life so that healing can happen. John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. We're going to read this, and then we're going to dissect it a little bit. Here's it is. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. How many of y'all have ever read that before? Come on, wave at me a little bit. This is called participation. It's cool. 17 of you. I appreciate that. That's so awesome. Um, uh, how many of you have read that before? You thought about that? You whatever. Okay, good. We're, we're waking up a little bit. It's actually the second service. Um, and so here's the thing. It says that Jesus said this to the Jews who believed if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. I think what we do is we like claim that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to do that. I'm claiming that. Listen, I'm going to be free. I'm going to abide. I'm going to do. But there is one little word that we kind of skip over, and it's if. Like, if you're a young person, if you're a middle-aged person, and you come up to me after service and you say, um, hey, pastor, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, So-and-so is going to be my boyfriend or girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, really? And I start investigating this just a little bit because I'm an eight. I'm going to investigate it. I'm like, really? When did that happen? What did they say? Well, I haven't really asked them yet. And I'm like, is this by faith? Because you got a big if. Like, like they are if. She says yes, and he says yes. Does that make sense? Like, oh, we're going to buy a house if we have the down payment. <laughs> like, like, sometimes we forget that ideas come to us all the time, and that's all we need is the idea. No, no, no. Listen, I understand uh, living in a world where we have a lot of ideas and, and theories, but there are ifs. And, and, I, and I need you to see this as an equation, not just... In the, the Bible, look at this. To those who believed, if you abide in my word and you are truly my disciples, then you will know the truth and you will be free. For freedom to come, you have to abide. If you don't abide, there is no freedom. So you can actually sit in a service for five years and hear something that goes through your ears and even on your notepad. But if we don't abide in the truth and the revelation that God is speaking to you, freedom and truth do not come. So we have to take it from our lap to application. For us, here's the thing, is... Uh, this text is powerful, and I believe as we go through this today, I'm going to break down all of these verses because I, I know that God wants to teach us something. John communicates Jesus as God. All four of the Gospels communicate Jesus as a different, uh, uh, a, a different um, position, and John communicates Jesus as God. And so when we begin to look at this, here's what we can find out. In, in chapter 7, it 
Jesus says, I am the living water. Okay? In, uh, in the beginning of, in the middle of 8, it says that I am the light of the world. It, it says that it, later on in 8, it says that I am going to prepare a place for you. Okay? So I am. I am. I am. What's he doing? He's signaling. He's setting up. He's trying to bring the, everybody to this thought that I am God. And just like Moses and God had this one-on-one, -on -one, when Moses was like, hey, who, who's, who's sending me? And God said, tell him I am. Jesus is signaling and he is saying, I am the water, living water. I am the light. I am going to prepare a place for you. I am these things. Okay. What's awesome is at the beginning of chapter 8, it is the story and it brings everything that Jesus is talking about into full picture as the woman who was caught in adultery is about to be destroyed and I am shows up and he begins to change the conversation. See, we in this world will always have the conversation about someone's lack and then we attack. We will always do that every single time because we have an opinion about what everybody else should do. But Jesus, his only thoughts are father thoughts. So when he stepped into this moment, it wasn't that she wasn't wrong. It wasn't that the man wasn't wrong. It wasn't that there wasn't wrong but what he did is he inserted himself, and this is what God does. He did not remove the wrong, but he began to show everybody else what theirs was. So where they were justified in beginning to attack this woman, Jesus sets in and says, if you're without sin, start throwing. And now we took the judgment from her and gave it to everybody. And that's why we come to church, because we take a few concepts from the Bible, and then they rest on us, and we begin to put down our stones, and we begin to stop focusing on our mom, our dad, our boss, our brother, our pastor, everybody else, and we begin to take the word and focus it on us, and then we get to ha have a decision of what we're about to do with the revelation. And sad to say, some hear it, throw down their stone, and walk out, and never take that lesson and go, you know what, how can I walk in freedom? Does it make sense? Okay, so we're going to walk through this today because I believe it's going to help you. We're going to zoom out, and I'm going to give you four truths to living free. Four truths to living free that I think are really going to help you today. Here are the four. Freedom is given to believers. Freedom is not given to unbelievers. Grace is given to unbelievers. Freedom is given to believers. Okay? So here's what this means. Jesus is saying, I have an incredible return on your investment. An RO, I, 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 I have an incredible return. If you will follow me, if you will be with me, if you will be with me forever, here's what I'm about to do in your life. I'm about to free you. It will change the rest of your life. And it, here's part of the package that I'm going to offer you. If you leave your life and want to think like heaven, I'm going to change everything in your life. This is a return on investment, okay? It's the greatest return in the world because it will change how you see the world. It will change how you see yourself. It will change how you see others. 
okay? The next is freedom, listen, expands when awareness is working. You, you, you cannot be free if you are unaware. You cannot grow where you're not sure you need to grow. Come on. And we all have moments of awareness that we believe the Holy Spirit, the teacher, the one who is a comforter comes in and says, hey, why is that the trigger? Why are you raging on that? Why are you frustrated? Why did you just shut down? Why did you get mad? Why are you, come on, can I tell you, the kingdom of heaven doesn't uh, peel the tires. The kingdom of heaven doesn't break dishes. The kingdom of heaven is totally different than, listen, our culture. The, the, the kingdom of heaven is different, and so we want to be aware of that, and we're going to talk about that today. Freedom is the overflow of presence. When you are present and in his presence, out of that begins to overflow freedom in your life because near God is everything good, right, and holy. Does that make sense? Listen, when you come into God's presence and the, those in under the old covenant did not understand that. They thought the old covenant was all about the laws and the duty and the regulations. And Jesus said, while I did not come to do away with that, I still need you to operate your life with some intentionality and I don't need you to digest everything the world has to offer. What I need you to do now is I need you to see that we are under a new covenant and I need to describe to you what my father's house is like. And that he loves you and he has a plan for you and he has a purpose for you and he wants you, listen, to, to be free. Freedom, the last one, is modeled when we begin to walk in the attributes of the Heavenly Father. So that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Okay, so if you want to be free, that is not something you can amen. You can't amen freedom. You have to apply freedom. <laughs> that means that you have to begin to be intentional about, okay, Jesus said I can have it, and Jesus is not a liar, and if he wants to give it to me, what do I have to do if, what do I have to do to get all that he has for me? And here's the thing, are there things that I have not allowed him to touch? Are there areas in my heart, in my mind, in my past that I have not given him? And do I feel like I'm on this repetitive cycle because I need truth in an area that I've been avoiding? Come on, that was deep, y'all. Y'all, come on, help me. So we're going to talk about it. Okay, let's jump into this. Freedom is given to believers. Believers. John chapter 8, 31, 32. So Jesus said to the Jews um, who had believed him, If you abide in my word, and you are, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is schooling the disciples, and he's saying, Listen, if you come away, I got you. Okay, now think about this. He is talking to a group of people who have already come away. This is why we have a next steps room. Because we don't believe that the goal for your Christian walk is to get saved, get your ticket, 
take a bath and be done. Come on. That was way funnier. Don't get me crazy. <laughs> we need to turn the air down. Okay, listen. Here's the point. The, the thought is that Jesus is surrounded. He's talking to the believers. He's talking to disciples who have left their business, tax collector, uh, fishing business, and they have all left something to come. And instead of him going, I am so glad that y'all left all that, we're really going to change the world. I'm just telling you, I've got a 12-point system, and I think that if we break this down into territories, we're really going to maximize the impact of what we're going to do. I think we can really be functional. So I want to talk to you about a system. Jesus, what... He was saying, great, now that I got you here, here's the thing. If you don't abide in me, you can't be free. And you're actually going to even be more broke in your heart than you were before you left. Come on, does this make sense? Okay. So we believe that there's a next step. I meet so many people looking for validation, purpose, and meaning, and they, meaning, and they look in the wrong places. These places bring hurt, they bring pain into their lives, and people get so, listen, discouraged when painful cycles continue to happen. It's in these moments that you feel stuck, you feel hung up. I don't know if you've ever been overwhelmed by the pressure of feeling stuck, but I have. I can tell you the first time that I felt stuck in my life was when my parents got divorced, and I would go to dad's house and the investigation of mom's house would happen then I would go to mom's house and the investigation of dad's house would happen and I found myself in the middle and I could not give enough context for either one of them to believe what I was believing and so there was always something else there. There was always another meeting. There was always something else. And I felt stuck. Come on, listen, for years. And so, listen, uh, this is not, this is, I'm not, this is not judgment. Don't, don't, this is my story. I'm not talking about your story. I'm just saying that was the first time that I felt stuck for a long time trying to navigate being enough. And I wasn't enough. I didn't say enough to my dad. I didn't say enough to my mom, and I wasn't enough. Come on, does that make sense? Then academically, listen, I graduated high school when I was 20. Academically, we took a couple years off when my parents got divorced. I was not thriving. I went to college, and I had like a 1.4 GPA, and they were like, is there anything else you can do? Reading's not really your thing. And I'm like, uh Thanks, you know, and uh, may, maybe maybe something somewhere else where there's not words, and um, and I was like, oh, and you know, I, I knew that I wanted a degree, I knew that I wanted to get there, but yet something in my head again triggered, you're not enough, you you can't do it, and so I, not to mention that, but I had a lot of debt in school that I couldn't pay for, so I took off about six months, I took off a semester. Gained some money and went back and I just knew that I talked to a man uh, as I was wrestling with going back because I was working at a barbecue restaurant and uh, I thought, well, this could be my life. I'll just cook meat. 
my whole life. There's nothing wrong with that. Barbecue's good. How many of y'all like barbecue? Barbecue's good. All right, cool. We woke up over barbecue. All right. Uh. But, um, but he looked at me and he said, why would you not go back? And I said, uh, uh, because of this great establishment. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, why would you not go back? And I was like, I don't know if I can do it. And he said, where does that come from? And it started me on a process of if I would have gone this other road, I would have had limitation after limitation. But what I really needed is to step into a, some freedom. And while it took me a little longer, I ended with a GPA of 3.6. But, but, it, but, it, but listen, listen, it took a while because I believed something that was not true, and I believed it because of something I was told. I believed it because of something I felt. Come on, come on, does that make sense? And I believed it because I saw facts. So if we are going to govern as a believer on these three things, then here's what I'm saying. If you're, we talk about faith, but you're led by facts. We talk about what God can do, but we're led by feelings. Come on. We talk about what God can do, but internally, I can't get past my own stuff. Then here's what I need to know, you to know. Jesus says, I bring truth and freedom to believers. And so we need you to believe, come on, that you can get better at relationships. We believe that you can be the dad you've always wanted to be. We believe that you can be the man, the business owner. We believe that God can do something, listen, in your life. And you're going to have to lock into these voices because they are causing choices in your life. For us... Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of, of life, but, the one, but that one may turn away from the snares of death. Look at this. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away. What, what causes us to turn away from the snare? It's the fountain. See, when I begin to taste something different, I believe that I can walk out of this snare. I believe that I can move. And that's why I started with the premise, free people are fun. Free people have joy. Free people don't decide if they're going to have a good day internally. They've already decided I got victory no matter what happens. Come on. Help me. That's good. Come on. Help me. Help me. Free people don't decide if, well, if I get all the bids, if I get all the jobs, if I get all that, then it'll be a good day. No, no, no. If you're waiting and leveraging your day based on external ideas, then all of those thoughts are king. Come on. Listen. The church, I had, I, I had to make a shift. Okay? I had to make a shift. And the shift was, I had to move from attending church to believing in the concept that the church was established on. And I, I need to tell you that you can actually come every day for 10 years and you can love church. And listen, I want you to wear the house logo. I want you to put it on your car. I want you to be all in. But here's the deal. 
I'm not trying to brand the kingdom. The deal is we come to church so we can learn about Jesus who can free us and change our whole life. That's the story. Jesus said, I'm talking to believers. And let me just say this. I don't care what season we in. I don't care how, what politically it looks like. I don't care what all the drama happens. Here's the other thing you need to know. There will always be believers. There will always be another wave of people that leave in the bar and coming to Christ. There will always be another wave of people, listen, that are like, I'm done being broken, busted, and disgusted. I'm coming to my... There will always be another wave of people. So don't ever be like, oh, the church is over. No, 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 no. Gates of hell do not win against the church. And Jesus was talking to believers, and there's always another wave coming. There's always another wave coming. There's always another person walking through the door, tired and sick and tired of the way they've been, listen, living. We've got to be a part of the revelation that Jesus built. Look at me. The church was built on the revelation of Jesus as the Son of God to save, deliver, redeem, and provide a way forward, a way to meet the Father. Our public confession of Jesus and us receiving the Holy Spirit is the real movement that begins transformation in our lives. You don't have to be stuck, but you have to be a believer. You don't have to be stuck. John 15, 5 and 6 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him will bear, listen, much fruit. But apart from me, you can do, say it, nothing. nothing. You can do nothing. That's why Jesus constantly talked to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and he said, what are you doing? Because it is, it's nothing. See, I want to abide in you. I want my word to be in you. And I know it's struggle, and I know it's hard, and I know it's tough. And here's the deal. God has grace for you on the journey. You know, listen, there's grace for the race, and we're all in different seasons. And so I don't measure someone else to myself, and you should measure you to someone else in this church. All across this body, there are seeds, there are seedlings, there are trees, there are plants, there are and we have maturity and we have beginning life. And I don't need you to compare yourself to anybody else. But we have a culture that wants everything right now. You don't get it right now. You can want it, and that want can make you intentional. But you don't get it all right now. And so you've got to grow it. You've got to develop it. And you got to, I got people who want to leave the church because, oh my God, Pastor, I just don't think it's working for me. I had a lustful thought. I don't know if it's working for me, Pastor. I've been in church for three years. I still want to say a cuss word. I was fine, but that dog started barking and I was just like, shut up. And something came out and it was really bad. So I just don't know if it's working. No, 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 no. God is transforming your life little by little. And you're growing and perfecting the person that God, listen, has you to be. The second thing is freedom expands when awareness is working. Look at this. And they answered him. Can, can we just stay on they? Everybody say they. Yeah. 
I love it. Jesus is having a staff meeting with his disciples. He's talking, and I think in this crowd there are those that agree and those that believe, and then there are the skeptics that are looking around going, what's he going to say next? You know, the, you know those people, you know, like they're just there. They're not supporters. They're there to try to criticize the work of God. And it says they, they answered him, we are the offspring of Abraham. Come on, this is Bible smack talk. They're, they're, they're having a confrontation right now, and so this is circle and a V. This is a head roll, okay? We are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anybody. So how, come on, can you say we would become free? And then, you know, it's the eye stares, the what, what you want? Cross this line. Don't push me. You know what I'm saying? Here's the concept. Is, is that Jesus began to talk about truth and they wanted to shut it down. Be careful in your spiritual growth as you begin to grow and start changing some things, begin to start changing some stuff, and then they people come up and go, well, you know what, that doesn't really matter. God doesn't care about that. God doesn't matter. Stop talking, please, because I've done it your way, and I've still been broke. I've still been hurt. I've still been wanting to take my life. I don't want to do it your way, so I appreciate you have a lot of opinions. You do you, and I'm going to do kingdom. I'm going to do heaven. Because here's what I, there will always be they people, then when God starts moving, they start criticizing. That God starts leading people out into a revelation that will change their life and totally take them to a new level. And all of a sudden there is a they that wants to shut it down. Be careful. Not everybody around you is for you. Here's what it says. Jesus answered them and said, truly, truly, I say to you, anyone who practices sin is a slave to, come on, say it, sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. Okay, he blew their mind. So here's what they were thinking. We're under the Abrahamic covenant. We're covenant kids with my swag. You know what I'm saying? Okay, but here's what Jesus is saying. Okay, you guys are a slave to the law. I've been in heaven. And when I walk around heaven, there are no slaves. There are only sons. And there are only daughters. And so you guys are straining over here to be a slave to this when you have missed the whole concept of what I'm trying to do. Stop trying to steal my conversation because I know what I'm talking about. Come on. I need you to know when you walk in here, you may walk in broken. And you may walk in and you may look down. And you may be beat up over some choices and decisions you make. But here is what I'm praying. I'm praying that you get a, that, that a man comes by you, a woman comes by you, and they begin to talk to you. And they say, hey, honey, look up. 
hey, sir, don't look down the whole time while you're talking to us because here's the deal. God has created this wonderful family for us, and you are welcome into it, and you are a son, and you are a daughter. There is value on your life, and you may have ro royally blown it. You have, may have messed it up so bad like you're the chief messer up. You know what I'm saying? Like you messed up. But God redeems. And while everybody's getting ready to throw stones at you, Jesus walks in and says, I believe there's a better day past this one. Come on. This makes sense. It's funny to me that the, the, they said, we've never been slaves. Okay. Time out. You're under Roman oppression right now. Rome has their hand on your throat. What about the Babylonian captivity? Not to mention, did we talk? Can we talk about Pharaoh? Like, like you're like, what do you mean you've never been like one, two, three, four, five? Seems like a lot for never. <laughs> but when you begin to start talking about freedom, it is amazing how many people will stiffen up and they will bring their theology you can't smile you're mad at everybody you hate the world and you're going to talk about how you're a light I don't know if Jesus ever walked down and was mean mugging people I don't think that Jesus was the Disney channel <laughs> you know what I mean but I do believe that there was life and people were drawn to him and he did not repel people, but he drew people in because even though he was a, in a world full of problems, problems were not in him because he knew the reality we don't know is in heaven it's better. I'm bringing heaven here and I'm going to try to talk and minister as many people as I can because y'all don't even know what it's like. You don't even know what it's like. Come on. For us, think about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Like they were constantly at Jesus. Awareness was like at a zero. So here's what I'm asking you. Are you aware that those things in you, God wants to move out of you? Or are you protecting? See, they were protecting themselves because they were under covenant. Well, here's what I see. Well, I've been, my, my, my dad was a pastor. My granny was a this. My, I was part of the Methodist church. I was part of the Baptist church. I was part of the non-denominational church. I'm, I, listen, I'm an OG. I was from the charismatic back in the 70s. I'm the Jesus movement. I, would, huh? I appreciate that you have tradition. But what I'm asking is, do you have transformation? I appreciate that there is some pedigree in you and you have some generational lines of what God has done in your life. But if there is no transformation, stop leaning on your tradition. Come on. Romans chapter 2 verse 28 says this. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one, listen, inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter, and his praise is not from man, but from God. Paul is writing and saying, listen, being a Jew means that we are set apart from God, for God. 
And you guys have made it about the list. And Jesus is trying to bring it back. And so when we, when we sang that, 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 that song, where's Stephen Hill? What was that song? Now, I, know, I know what the song is. Give me my, give me my hook. There you go. Get that part. <laughs> For people online, we just made Stephen sing. It was, it was awesome. Um, here's the thing. Is we want to be studied. We want to have, we want Christians to understand apologetically what they believe. Okay? But we also know that there's a relationship side. And if you come in here only getting content but never, Holy Spirit, come right. Like I want, I want a relation. Presence matters. Presence matters because it is in his presence that there is fullness of joy. It is in his presence that all the junk of your life can fall away. It is in his presence that the anointing comes and he takes someone broken that is acting like a boy that's 52 years old and he redeems him and now is a man and he walks in and he leads people. Come on. That is the power of the gospel. Sin enslaves you. Abiding is what frees you. Living free happens when you become aware that you could be stuck in your anger. You could be stuck in your lust. You could be stuck in your comparisons. You could be stuck. Listen, everybody loves you because you care so much about everybody. But what you've missed is you're looking for approval. When the Father has already given it to you. Come on. Freedom expands when we are aware that he is working. The third one is freedom is the overflow of his presence. So look at this. So if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And I know that you are the offspring of Adam. So here's Jesus' rebuttal. Um, they said... Abraham's our father. And Jesus is like, I know that. But look at this. Yet, when Jesus says yet, it's kind of one of those like, you know, eyebrow, like your parents, like, you know, like looking at you like, uh, yet, you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. Here's, here's what Jesus is saying that it's not on here, but this is the interpretation. Okay. You guys are coming to me with Abraham, and you are proving that you are righteous because of Abraham, but yet you don't even think like Abraham because Abraham left everything and followed my father, and you do not. See, Abraham moved on the word of God, and you guys, the people that were there, when the word of God comes to you, you shut it down. He talks a lot about abiding. And, and, and I, I want to walk through this really quick because Jesus could see the bondage in their lives that they were totally unaware of. And, and here's the thing is when we are apart, this is a really good bush. Um, it's a blueberry bush. Anybody like blueberries? I like blueberries. All right, two people like blueberries. All right. And so here's the thing, is when we disconnect ourselves, 
from God. We begin to choose and do it our own way. Jesus is saying you actually will not produce anything and you cannot thrive away from him. So I need to pause here for a moment because we're talking about presence. Everybody who's under 20, I need you to lean into this moment. If you are not careful, there will be people, because they had tradition and they had content but no connection and no companionship, they don't see the value of coming to church and they don't see the value of what we're doing here. So there, and, and there is always a conundrum with parents and children. You understand what I'm saying? Because parents have already lived crazy. They already did it all. You know what I'm saying? Like we ran the roads, we snorted it, we cuffed them, we did it all, we did it all. And we realized that don't work. So we're here now. So they're coming for a desire, but their kids are coming because there's a demand. And if we don't ever take that time to wrestle those two concepts down, then what we will do is we will think that our kids need to be where we are, but they haven't really tasted the sting of how bad the world is. Come on, does that make sense? And so a, a, a child cannot thrive under demand. At one point or another, there has to be a spiritual moment that makes life come alive for them because they will realize that I can be blessed and I can thrive apart from God. When really, a lot of young people are blessed and are thriving because of the sacrifices their parents are making because their parents are in the vine. Come on, is this deep? Help me. Y'all should be preaching more now. They're helping me. So here's what I'm saying if you're under 20. Don't look at someone who is disconnected and go, see, it's working for them. Because in a year, if we came back to this, it would not thrive and look like this. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Like in a year from today, if I don't move this, and that would be really awkward because we like to clean, but if I don't move that and it's here for a year, in a year it's going to be withered. There's going to be no life. And so you may have recently just tried to disconnect and think, see, my life is going great. <laughs> okay. While this will be producing, this will not look like it is in a year from now. There will actually be food and, and, and blueberries from that. And my son will be happy. And life will be growing. But nothing will be happening here because it's away from presence. Come on. Here's the thing. The overflow of presence is productivity. Where you begin to multiply and come into all the things that God has for you. Now if you feel disconnected, here's what I want you to know. That God in his supernatural mercy has a way of... Like some of y'all were like, what's going to happen? What are you talking about? Like, I can't do that. But, but he, he can. He wants to do this for your marriage. He wants to do this for your parenting. He wants to do this for your career. He wants to do this for your life. Come on, help me. He wants to do this if you will let him. The last point is this. Ben, y'all can go ahead and come up. The last point is freedom is modeling the attributes of the Father. The way the Father thinks is the way it works. 
And so when we, when we model his attribute, come on, there was a time when my kids were really, really young. And I would come in from work, and they were all under six. And I would walk in and I would go, Daddy's home. And then after a while of doing that, kids would be like, Daddy's home. Like they were, they were, they would say something at the pace and um, the voice inflection that I would say it because they were modeling something they saw. When freedom really begins to take off in your life, we begin to model what God wants to do in our life. And so when we say give, we don't go, Ugh, I don't believe in that. When we say serve, we don't go, oh, I don't believe in that. When we say open your home, Ugh, I don't believe in that. When we say use your spiritual gifts, <laughs> I don't believe in that. When we say, hey, will you come mentor someone? Oh, I, 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 that's not my gift. I'm a two. I'm a six. I'm a whatever. And what I see is the gospel is not advancing in America or around the world because there are so many lies that have been spoken over people so let's talk about some lies I can never come back from a divorce we can never be a multicultural church we're always just going to be a white church when we come home come on listen there are lies that I don't believe that come on but, but if we're not careful listen, my parents will never my mom will never are, I don't believe it. The attribute of the Father is we open up our home because He's opening up His. The attribute of the Father is I sent my son to serve so we will serve. The attribute of the Father is everybody who has ever done something great with God is a giver so we give. The attribute of the Father, come on, does that make sense? And because of all that, it won't matter color. It won't matter. So if we're doing what God's doing, people want to be around God. You hear what I'm saying? It, 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 it don't matter what culture it'll be. People want to be about the real thing, something that's real. And so, if you're going to treat me real, and you're going to feel, you're going to honor me, and, and I, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be able to grow and produce something here. I'm, I'm fighting for the front row. And that's what we believe happens. So, here is my only question: Are you abiding in the vine? Or are you trying to do it yourself? Are you trying to do it yourself? Because I need to tell you this. Jesus said it will never work. And so you might actually work harder to produce nothing. <laughs> so can we sing that? You got, you, you got it? You're all we were. Come on, Holy Spirit, begin to move in this place. You're all we were. Holy Spirit. 
To stay planted is a choice, and they had to battle hell to do that. Come on, does that make sense? And so all over this plant, there is strong and there is weak. And we need the leaders. We need people to help us trim and, and nurture and care for, care for that. Because we believe in two or three years, this will be something beautiful. Come on, does that make sense? Okay. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.